0: mindset, parenting, and of course, all the nuances of pregnancy and postpartum. From expert interviews to engaging conversations and reflections, this podcast is your trustworthy, relatable resource for learning how to practice brave through every season in your life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Practice Brave podcast. Today, we have a super unique episode because I'm here with four of my new Idaho friends, and we're going to be talking about the transition moving from lots of different states to Idaho fairly recently, and just what that experience has been like. As I've shared over the last year on social media about the move, it was almost exactly a year ago that I announced that we were moving to Idaho. There have been so many questions because people Move all the time. Some people want to move. Some people are afraid of moving. Um, And it is a huge, huge life transition that a lot of people consider and a lot of people um, experience. And there's not a lot of support, resources, and understanding and conversations around the variety of emotions that go with that huge life transition. And because this podcast is dedicated to Uh, Really supporting women throughout all seasons, across their lifetime of athleticism and motherhood, etc. This is a huge, um, huge life event that a lot of people will experience. And there has not traditionally been a lot of information and support around. So with that, um, I'm here with Taryn Perry, with Caitlin Bauer, with Kristen Harai, and with Melissa Reese. And we're going to start off by introducing... Um, each person, just so you have a little bit of context of who they are, what they're about and what brought them here. So Taryn, why don't we kick it off with you? Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? The pressure. Okay. Um, (laughs) Hey
1: guys, what's up? I'm Taryn Perry. I am 44. I'm a mom of four and I am a certified trainer. I'm a certified holistic nutrition practitioner an entrepreneur, a lot of similarities here, and uh, we moved to Idaho a little over a year ago. We've been like a year and a half. We moved from Seattle, Washington, and we decided to move a myriad of reasons, but we really fell in love when we came to visit. Um, just the openness, the opportunities that existed here, um, is really what drew us to take our whole family, and we we're really fortunate to have. Um, our extended family move alongside of us.
0: That's amazing. Well, thank you for sharing. I'm so glad that we connected. And I will kind of go over how all of us met after this, but thank you for sharing, Taryn. Caitlin, you're up, girl.
2: Hey, good afternoon. My name is Caitlin Bauer. I have been in the coaching and nutrition space for the last six years, uh, coaching. CrossFit, doing one-on-one personal training, um, virtual training, one-on-one nutrition coaching. I am married. I have two sons. One is 11 years old who just started middle school. Woohoo! And a my other son just turned nine. We moved to Idaho. I might be the newest of the group, I think, right? We, I just moved here four months ago. In June from Phoenix, Arizona. So this was a big change for us. We don't know anyone out here. We had no connections. And um, if we dig into it further, I'll let you know more reasons of why we moved, but
3: that's a recap.
0: I love it. All right, Kristen.
3: Hi, I'm Kristen Harai. I'm 35. Um, I moved to Idaho because I'm um, my husband was a police officer who passed away on duty in 2018 and I have a small son and I was looking for a place to feel like home and where my son could be a kid and climb a tree really sounds a little silly but that was (laughs) a big request of mine and I'm a chiropractor by trade and how we kind of got here was by happenstance we tried a lot of different things we went on a road trip had one friend who was here and then I was like, this is it. Other little kids were riding bikes. And I was like, this is a place where we could start over and really a place too that could honor our past. We've been here a year in September and that's who we are.
0: Yeah. And you were from California, but then had moved to Nevada for a little stint. And yes. then from there, made your way to Idaho, right?
2: Yes, that's true.
0: Yeah. Amazing. All right, Melissa. You are up. Take yourself off mute.
4: <laughs> no, if I don't, you'll hear all the things in the background. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm Melissa Reese. Um, I'm a nutrition and wellness coach. And um, I also help pregnant and postpartum moms. I took research um, back when I was pregnant and get to help women that way. Let's see. I am 40. I just turned 40 this year. I have three girls, nine, five, and 18 months. Um, and we moved to Idaho in April. Um, my husband was a fire captain back in Belfair, Washington, which is by Gig Harbor. And so I moved from Gig Harbor um, and he's the division chief of training for the Meridian Fire Department. Um, and that's what brought us, kind of what brought us here in a very five week high intense move. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just a little recap of, you know, Jordan's loved Idaho. He was born in Idaho and then lived in Illinois, but he just has always loved it here and you know, opportunities and different things were here. And so we said, why not go for it? And uh, it ended up happening.
0: And it actually happened. Yeah. So we all kind of ended up here for different reasons, but with a lot of the same hopes and a lot of the same, like, can this be a place that we can raise our kids and raise our family, fresh start, new jobs, new, literally new everything. And that is super intimidating for a lot of people to experience. And so before we get into some of those emotions and feelings parts, um, which I just love talking about you guys, how did we all meet? I like to joke around and say like Melissa's like our, she's like the most Enneagram seven person you will ever meet if you know anything about the Enneagram, Um, but she's basically extremely outgoing, very much of an extrovert, has FOMO over everything, including, Assuming that everybody else feels FOMO, and so she's done a really great job of rallying a lot of us together. So um, Melissa is like this the center of a lot of these connections. But Melissa, why don't you tell us at least how you met um, Caitlin, and then how you met Taryn?
4: Okay, um, yeah, I well, it all started at our pool. So Bri and I are neighbors. Yeah, which blows my mind that I took her shirt and she was on my video. For like months. And then now I live in the same neighborhood. Yeah. Um, I met Caitlin at the CrossFit Gym and she came in one day. And I was like, oh, who's this like really cool buff chick? This is awesome. So I kind of just made her my friend. I was like, hi, who are you? What's your number? Um, and she had told me she had just moved, and we moved in April, and she was in June. So she was like fresh moved, and I remember that like fresh feeling. Um, and so we were going to the pool, Bri and I, and I was like, you know what? What if all these like-minded people that I know we all just came to the pool and like hung out. So I was like, Hey, what are you doing? We're going to the pool. And she was, I know she said she had like stuff to do. And I'm pretty sure I was like, forget about it. Just come hang out at the pool. Um, and she ended up showing up. So that and Bree was there. I was there. And then Taryn was uh, mutual friends with my friend, Lindsay, back in gig Harbor. And so when I saw that she lived here and lived in Eagle and she was training all the things I honestly <laughs> stalked her on Instagram and was like, "Hi, I don't know you, but you know my friend, and we probably have a lot of things in common. I love to hang out, or I love to come one of your classes." and so I went to one of our classes. Obviously, we became friends. Our daughters are like the exact same age, her younger too. And so it just kind of hit off. But I invited her to the pool that day, kind of so we all could hang out, because I was new. I know they were, you know, some were tearing middle here longer, but we all had never met, And I knew that we'd all click. And so it all happened at the legacy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting that we all have similar um, career, like we're under the same big umbrella, just different extensions of that. Um, but that was never intentional. It just sort of played out that way that we have kind of complementary careers and interests, which obviously helps a lot when you are a new person moving to a new area. Um, It also helps when you have somebody like Melissa who has like zero chill and is just like kind of puts herself on you. She literally showed up to my house and was like, Hey, I'm here to meet you. (laughs) It's like, okay. So I had never met her before. Obviously I knew that she had gone through the coaching certification and that she was moving to Idaho. She was even signed up for um, one of the local seminars. I was leading here even before she moved. So Melissa had just been on the radar for a while and it was awesome to meet her. And then through that, I got connected to the CrossFit world, which is great because CrossFit is such a great place to make friends, but I didn't want to do CrossFit. So that was like my next best uh, entryway to getting connected with CrossFit friends without having to actually go to CrossFit. And then her and my mom go to the same gym. So that was funny. I think Melissa met my mom before she met me. And then my mom essentially like really encouraged her to force me out of my bubble. Is that how that happened?
4: One hundred percent. How that
0: happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought so. And yeah. then uh, Kristen and I met at jujitsu with uh, during our kids' class, and she just just got the courage, just because I know she's so shy sometimes, um, and I know this now that she said, "Oh, I like actually just started following you on social media." A lot of, my colleagues shared something about you. And so we started talking and I said, well, your colleague, like, what do you do? And she told me she was a chiropractor. And, um, within the first five minutes, I pretty much knew her life story. Would you say so Chris?
3: <laughs> I mean, yeah. And it's kind of like hard. Cause especially for me, it was like something I was learning how to share. So it was like, yeah. Hmm. Like, so then it kind of just came out as like this vomit of words to you and. Great also true.
0: (laughs) But like, I really appreciate that. Like, let's not like, let's, I love avoiding small talk and just going to like the worst day of your life. And you literally told me about that within about five minutes. And that's when I knew, I was like, I'm supposed to be friends with this girl so much so that I went home and I called like my best friend from college. And I was like, dude, like, I just met this girl. And I mean, it sounds like like, I just like met the person I'm going to marry, but I was like, (laughs) I just met this girl. We have so many weird things in common from like our work to like we even played water polo polo. in college, like at the same time, same era. um, We remember when Kristen's husband passed away because when you are a first responder family and that time in California, uh, you just, you know, that in this community. And it just felt like a really special connection and also an opportunity for our family to really support Kristen and her son and to make them an extension of our family. And we wanted very much wanted to do that um, to support her because that's what those communities are best at doing is like supporting each other. And it's been really important for us. And, you know, my mom and stepdad have become really close with Kristen and her son. And it's been cool to see how these relationships while still so new, have been nurtured so strongly for all of all four of us um, over the last, God, four to six months. Like not even that long since we all kind of got connected and on the same page. That is some background. Um, let's get into why did why did you move, Caitlin? You sort of alluded to that that you would be willing to share a few things, but what was it that brought you from Phoenix, Arizona? to Idaho. Why Idaho seems to be a very common question that I think a lot of us get.
2: I agree. And when I had told family and friends, we were moving to Idaho, they're like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, Idaho? And then, you know, people a couple of weeks later would be like, So when are you moving to Iowa? I'm like, no, not Iowa, Idaho. It just, people could not wrap their brains around it. I think it's kind of this forgotten area. Like someone this weekend, I was at a wedding said that they're from Delaware and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about Delaware. (laughs) So I feel like (laughs) Idaho is kind of in that same vein, Um, although it's gaining popularity. So being from Phoenix, great place to live. Generally, people don't leave Phoenix. They come to Phoenix. So people were really surprised that I was leaving. I, I wasn't born in Phoenix, but moved there when I was six. So raised there, lived my entire adult life there, went to college there, worked there, got married, had kids there. And I, we were at a point in our lives where I looked back and I'm like, I'm one of those people that grew up in the same town and just have never left. I, you know, I'm 35 years old. I've lived there almost 30 years. And I don't know why for me, there's no shame in that, but I consider myself such an adventurous person. I was like, it is time. You know, my kids were at a, at a juncture in their lives and in development, whereas kind of like now or never, um, like everyone, COVID kind of reframed um, what was important, uh, what took priority in our life as a family. We got a a chance to reevaluate our core values and what we wanted our life to look like since we got to press pause for a second. And so I literally Googled top 10 cities to raise a family. Um, You know, East Coast, I have a lot of family in Phoenix. So East Coast was out of the question too far. The South I love the culture there, but a little too muggy and buggy for me. Um, California was just a little outside of our budget, you know, in Pacific Northwest. So we love doing outdoor stuff. And so we looked a lot at Utah, um, Colorado, and Idaho. And just the more we visited, the more I looked into it, I'm like, this state is so cool. It is just as say the best kept secret, but I don't think it's really a secret anymore. And we are just thriving here. We're so happy. We have everything we need, everything we want. It's smaller than Phoenix. So it gives us a sense of ownership in this town and um, that we can really make it ours and and write our own adventure. So I know that was a little long-winded, but it's, it was the right move. And we felt very called to be here.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a very common theme with all of us. Uh, Even Melissa, eventually, (laughs) even she was the one who kind of got rerouted here. Um, The rest of us truly opted in. But one thing we can all agree on, and there's some like magic Idaho woo-woo that calls people here and things that happen. And I'm not even like that, you know, I don't know. Like I'm not that woo-woo at all. But there have been so many things that have transpired over the last year, something so special about this state where there's so many different connections and so many different, almost like signs and doors opening literally that just have facilitated a transition where you're not second guessing everything because you're like, man, this is, it feels like it's just affirmed over and over and over. And I hear that constantly. It's not just my own experience. I hear that Definitely from these four ladies here. You guys agree? I know you guys can't see them, but they're shaking their heads. So. <laughs> um, and Taryn, what about you? Like, what was some of the, like the main things that brought you here? Uh,
1: I think the common theme is, like uh, Caitlin said, COVID really allowed us to kind of reassess the trajectory of our family and what we wanted for the future. Uh, we actually full disclosure, we're looking probably five years ago, six years ago now, um, for a change, but, um, there wasn't anything that was really prompting it. There was just kind of a little shift in energy, um, in Seattle. And so COVID really just kind of full throttle pedal to the metal. Um, and a family member had said, why don't you guys go look at Eagle, Idaho? I'm like, why the hell would we look at Eagle? Right. Or like Idaho. And I think it was just Idaho at that point. and um, so my husband and I, that was the only place that was basically, you know, you could go and travel to that was still functioning during COVID. So we were fortunate to be able to park our kids with family members and come over and visit and experience it. And the moment we got here, it was just like this weight was lifted off our shoulders. I can't even explain what that weight really was, but it just felt this like freshness, this lightheartedness this like wholesome just down home feeling and we really were were wanting to get out of that the big city life um, and really have a more kind of community-based living And, and Kristen when she said I want my kids to climb a tree like we wanted our kids to be able to ride their bikes around the block with the security of knowing that you know we had a little bit more safety behind that So, um, we came and visited and then came back out and it was a lot of, it was a lot of moving parts, um, because my husband, um, they have a family business. So it wasn't just an easy, like up and go. So there's a lot of travel that's involved with him now, but we got here a year and a half ago, settled in. And so I've got four kids, my youngest is six, eight 14 and 16. So it wasn't really like this is an optimal time. It was a very it was a very challenging time because my son was wanting to finish out his uh, um, seventh and eighth grade years at the school that he basically started at, and my daughter kind of got robbed of her eighth grade year. Unfortunately, I think everyone has those stories, and was going into her sophomore year in high school here. Um, so it was a really interesting transition time for us, but. They all felt that same lift of weight coming here and just that like, okay, this is it. This is home. This is comfortable. This is easy um, with, you know, some disruptions here and there. But um, that's really kind of our journey here going like, why Idaho to, oh my God, this is magical. This is some Idaho woo-woo
3: shit.
0: Yeah, it really is. And I think it's important for people that are considering moving that maybe don't have little kids. I have older kids about like, am I going to ruin their life? And I know that's a big fear about moving when you have older kids that you're just disrupting everything. But I guess it's nice to hear on the other side that your kids are doing really well and they're involved and they're thriving. And while we can't speak for every state, um, I think the particular community that we're in here is so used to having new kids come in that for the most part, I think Our kids have done pretty well in their transitions because they've been welcomed, because there are systems in place that help with that. Um, Whereas I think when I was in California, if there would have been a new student, it wasn't as fluid of a system because there weren't a lot of new people coming in. Whereas here, there's a ton of new people coming in and transferring at all different times. And so I think the culture is a little bit more supportive of transplants. Where we are in Idaho and the Boise area is very much a transplant state so that i think also really weighs into the transition here because a lot of people know exactly what it's like to start over and they are more open and willing to connect and um to just drop that guard and so i feel like i've w- made way more friends here than i did say like when i was in california and it was like making mom friends or whatever that wasn't really my thing whereas here it's been an inevitable thing, which has been really nice. Kristen, so you moved here, you had kind of gone around different areas, trying to figure out what would be a good place for you and Takeo to end up at, um, obviously coming off of some brutal grief years. Um, what was it about Idaho that made you feel like, yeah, this is it.
3: I think it's the people, you know, um, the people and we had gone to Montana was like one of the bigger places we were considering between the two and also just coming from California and then Nevada. I was like, I like cold weather, but how was I going to like thrive being frozen? You know, it's something you really have to think about if you've never lived in a cold weather state before. And so while Montana was beautiful, um, I was like, man, I don't think I can handle that type of winter. Um, And so when I got here, um, just kind of the same thing. They call it what, Idaho Nice. Um, and even though people who are coming from different places, it's kind of like something that's just adapted, right? Because you came here and you visited and people were so nice to you. And so it's like this thing that you can really accomplish. Like you feel like, okay, well, I'm going to impart that on whoever I meet now because of those same things. So I think what really made it, it was just felt safe. And I think I hadn't felt safe in so many years. Um, I mean, from California to Nevada, we moved to Nevada because my family, my dad had moved there. Um, and um, and it was nice, but then COVID happened and everything shut down. So it was like, then again, from going from something normal to then really isolated. And I was just like, man, I just don't feel good about being isolated with my child who just went through something very big. So I wanted that community. I was looking for community And so when we came here, it just felt like people really wanted, and it was really important to kind of create that. So that's kind of why I chose here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it felt felt like that too. Jared and I came out here for a friend's wedding um, about four years ago. And it was like the first time Idaho was ever on our radar. We had heard about it. People like were moving. It was one of the states that a lot of people were moving out of California to. It was like everyone from California goes to like Texas. Tennessee or Idaho seems to be a lot of those places, sometimes Arizona. Um, But so we knew like, it was like on our radar, but we had never visited when we came out here for their wedding. We were like, wow, there's like something really special about this place. Like just, I don't know. There's a feeling and like, it's not in the middle of nowhere. I am yet to see potatoes, to be honest, at least where I'm at. Um, So it's not necessarily like the reputation that it has but it was really special. They're still like a Costco and Trader Joe's still like very modern and like really nice new homes and things like that. But also you are 10 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour away from being totally like off the grid and able to hike, able to bike, able to, you know, there's lakes and rivers and waterfalls, and this is not a TLC song, but like, there really is like, we have access to a lot of the things that we all really enjoy. So um, that was huge for us, and then you know, to be honest, we were coming out of a really rough season and felt a huge push for a fresh start. And what would that fresh start look like? And it's really hard to put it to words, but it just felt like there was a force greater than myself that was like, go to Idaho, and like just go visit, go visit the friends that you have. And we came out here, and we're not. I don't. I didn't even know why we were out here. To be honest, it was a very weird experience. And we saw the house that ultimately ended up buying. And when we, and our friend had just become a realtor. So we thought it was fun to like, go look at houses and stuff, just because it was, it was more of a, Oh, maybe someday, but not like anything soon. Um, but that I just had such strong feelings that I could not shut off. I just couldn't shut it off. And again, this is not something, this is not like typical for me. I'm very strong willed and stubborn, And uh, to feel like there was a force greater than myself that was like, yep, we're staying felt like it would actually be harder than leaving. And again, there's a lot of things that played into that for us. But as far as feeling that push to Idaho, I mean, that it became pretty undeniable that that's where life was taking us and within Um, a few months we had the keys and a few months after that we moved in and it was a very fast process. Um, but ultimately it's been one of the best resets and fresh starts that, um, I could have asked for, especially during that kind of season. That kind of connects why we've all, um, you know, like we've all made it here. We've all have a lot of similar seasons and stories. We've left a huge life behind and it takes a lot of bravery to be willing to start over when you don't know what the other side looks like, but you have faith that the other side you're going to be like taking care of. It's just a huge Hail Mary and you got to hope that, hope that it lands on the other side. So I want to hear about the hardest part of moving for you, Melissa. Um, gosh, ours was so
4: fast. Like a year ago, we weren't, we weren't leaving Gig Harbor. You guys, Gig Harbor is like this beautiful, quaint little place that's away from Seattle, away from really, I don't know. It's like a beautiful place. So you never really, people don't really, people never really live Washington. Like Taryn was saying, you have everything there. There's mountains, trees, water. It's beautiful. It's not a state that people like really honestly leave. Um, And then living in good Harbor was just like this hallmark channel of a place that was just beautiful. And so we never, I, I, like I said, a year ago, we never talked about moving, not even a year ago. Um, He, you know, for various reasons, he saw this job opening and I had been to McCall. Okay. So his dad was a pastor in Donnelly, Idaho. I'd been to McCall, Idaho. And if you guys know McCall, it's trees, it's Lake, it's all the things. I had never been to Boise. I didn't even know what Eagle. I had no idea. So when I moved here I well, I didn't even know it was a desert that's how dumb I was but <laughs> um I we had no we had no idea what was going on so he ended up applying he gets the job we move 5 weeks later in the process of moving I don't think I had a moment to even realize what was going on he got the job March 3rd he left March 25th I left April 9th I had three kids and a house so in the midst of we have to fix all the stuff in the house. We, you know, had to we sold everything that we pretty much owned because we had to move everything here. Um, and everybody was taking us out. You know, it was so go, go, go that I don't even think I had a moment to even realize what I was doing. It was very like no time to think. Um, so I didn't feel those emotions really, to be honest of like, Oh my God, I'm leaving. Or like, Oh, this is going to be So hard and so sad. And I just was like on autopilot of like, uh, okay, where are my kids gonna go to school for five weeks? Or uh where we don't even know where we're living. We're not even sold our house. We need to find a rental. that everything was, I just had no idea what was going on. It was just chaos in that sense, but chaos enough to keep my emotions, I guess, at bay. So I had no idea what I would feel after coming here. Um, I got shingles the day the moving the moving truck came all over the left side of my body. It was pure hell. Um, and I'd say Easter was when it flooded me. I was sitting after we went to one of the chief's house and sat down and I was like, Holy shit, Jordan, what did we just do? Oh my God. Like we just like, we just left our entire family and our friends and all the things. And I like lost it. Like, I want to go home. You know, like we're in this rental that I don't even like, I don't even know where we are. Where are we going to live? We hadn't sold our house. It was just all these unknowns. So I hit all the emotions I'd say after moving. Um, And thank God it kind of happened for me like that. Because if I would have felt like that in those five weeks, I would have been really, really hard to pick up my family and go and move away from everything that I've ever known. Um, So I'd say that's that part was when the emotional part of like, holy crap. We just picked oh. up and moved in, you know, here we are.
0: Yeah. For me, it was like the, from the moment, like that we decided to put an offer on the house, which honestly we put off a couple of times until we felt bummed about it. And somebody else put an offer on the house. And then we felt sad that somebody else did. And then we said, all right, well, if for some reason it comes back on the market, that's a sign. That's a sign for us to put an offer down and just, again, he mary. We didn't have his job lined up or anything. Um, and the next morning the house came back on the market and we were like, oh shit. Okay. Well, so there's that. And when we made that offer, it got accepted. Then all of a sudden I was like, Holy shit, we're moving to, we're moving to Idaho. And you know, there are so many things that need to happen. And it was not just the decision, but then it was the, all the anxiety leading up to that. And the grief for me was immense. Like, you know, again, it was already kind of a challenging season, So then the grief of like telling people and saying goodbye and just all of the like last, like that gutted me for an entire, like for two months, it was just all these continual, like, this is the last time you're going to be riding the bike with your kids to school. This is the last time you're going to do this hike. This is probably the last time you're going to see this person or go to this park with your kids or whatever. And it's like, So much of where my babies grew up and where I spent a huge majority of my adult life. So it just felt like all of this grief, yet with so much hope on the other side, that it it wasn't debilitating grief. It was just like, fuck, this is just part of the process. And it sucks. It sucks like the knowing. And even though there's a lot of hope on the other side, and you see that, like you feel it, But that whole lead up was just so brutal. Um, I should also mention that a thing that brought us to Idaho too was the opportunity to live close to my mom. That was a huge thing because she had moved from California to Nevada when they retired, um, probably like around the time Chance was born. So I was so upset for years that I wasn't able to raise both of my boys close to my mom because we're super close. Um, And when we had mentioned like, well, I don't know, mom, like we're just, Sort of thinking about like, what if we move to Idaho? And she goes, Oh, well, God, if you move to Idaho, I I'd consider going to Idaho. I'm like, What? Like, since when? Like, what the hell? Why are you? Why'd you go to Nevada then? So, I, uh, she came out to check out Idaho the next weekend, and then when she was here, she said, Even if you guys don't move here, I think I want to move here. It has everything that I that I want. It has all of my outdoor activities. So, you guys should really consider moving here. And I'm like, Okay, mom. Like, what? So that was like a huge driver was this like opportunity to live close to family where that was not going to be on the table um, staying in California. That was, that would just never be an option. But if I had the option and the opportunity to live closer to my mom and grow old with her and have my babies grow up with her around more, like that just felt like too good of an opportunity to say like, Oh, I don't think we can. So that was my my piece there. And I know a lot of people have kind of wondered about that. Kristen, what about you?
3: Well, that's kind of a layered, (laughs) a really (laughs) layered question for me. Yeah.
0: Hardest, hardest hardest-ish part.
3: Yeah, hardest-ish part. I think there's kind of three things I can think of. Is first is like having the courage to follow your intuition and your gut and your urges when that's not the commonality with how people receive what you're deciding to do. That can make any sense. Um, because for a lot of people moving from one state to the next and then staying there for less than a year and thinking about moving again, because it just doesn't feel right to you is not how a lot of people choose to live their life. So, um, I think that was big because I didn't have my partner anymore to kind of like throw that back on, like, is this a great idea? You know? And then you also think my child at the time was like four, going three to four and then four to five coming here. So it's kind of hard because they understand, but they don't understand and they have a different way of expressing things. So it's that idea of like, well, cool, I can ruin my life, but <laughs> but then I'm going to go ahead and like ruin my kids, you know? And then maybe other people telling you, yes, you will ruin their life. And you're like, great, I'm going to do it anyway. So that I think was super hard for me because I was just learning how to do those things for myself without having the person who I would cling that back onto. Right. Then the other part, is just like logistically figuring it out by yourself because I was moving away from any support system. So that was really scary. Like, and then being the only parent and things you think about like, okay, well, if I get hurt or whatever, who do I, who do I call? Like, who do I, where would he go if I had to go, if I get sick, you know, or if something happens to me. So that was like really hard for me because it didn't matter where in the world I was just logistically. That was like a difficult thing for me, but then you find people and you, you figure it out. And I think, um, believing, like you said, in this idea that there's something pulling me to a place and I need to figure out why that is. And I've gotten so many confirmations since then, you know, of really cool ways uh, of doing that. So I think it was just not having the support that was harder for me, yeah. feeling like this was the right place for us, but not really even understanding why, and learning so many things about myself through the process I was already going through and wow. having to redefine every part of who you are, you know? So, in that small nutshell, <laughs> that yeah, what, it's
0: so true. I think a lot of people like, they like to tell you why you're crazy or why you're wrong or why they would never do that. I could never leave California. I could never. And I'm like, okay, well, good for you. Like, but that's not our choices. Like
3: I don't even think it comes from a bad place. You know, I think it's just like,
0: it's like, they're looking, there's like a connection piece or like a good for you, but never for me. And it, but it's just like, it plants a seed of like doubt. So it's not helpful. Like, it's just, you have to be so confident in like, I know what is going to be best for my family, for my marriage, for my health, for my, like whatever, for our livelihood, for the quality of life. I think all of us ended up here and had, had a huge quality of life upgrade. Like that hands down, everybody's quality of life has been upgraded and that you can't put a price on and you can't even really people won't get it necessarily unless they get it. And so it's really hard to, you know, people just don't always understand that. And so then you're almost dealing with not just your own feelings and emotions, but then other people's feelings and emotions of like, well, you're leaving me or you're doing this with your kids or you're running away or like whatever. Like there's, everyone has so many opinions about the choices you make. And that can be really heavy when you're already having to be the one walking through that. How did you feel about that, Caitlin, your hard parts?
2: Oh, I can relate to so much that you guys are saying. I know that we've talked about this outside of the podcast, but I feel like I'm hearing more and more depth to your stories and I can relate so much. Um, you know, my Marriage was really strained, leaning up to the move, and um, well before we decided to move, which is what prompted thoughts of of the move, and just kind of having a hard reset for my husband and I and the kids. So there's beauty in that. This move for us was pure choice. It wasn't career bringing us here. It was nothing like that. So while we got to call the shots and there's so many advantages to that. Um, I think it put a huge pressure, especially because I was the one that initiated the move, you know, Matt could take it or leave it. He was happy in Phoenix. He was doing well at his job. You know, my family is there. Um, all of our friends are there. I felt a huge, huge pressure pressure to make this move to Idaho work and to make everything be great because if it wasn't, it was my fault, or at least I made myself feel like it was my fault. Like I said, my son was going to be starting middle school, which is a huge transitional year. So I would say to answer your question, one of the hardest parts for me was, am I going to mess my kids up? take them from everything they've ever known, take them from their grandparents, their uncle and their aunt, all their friends, all their community. Um, because they kept asking like, why are we moving? Why do we have to move? And I mean, honestly, deep down, it was like, "Whoa, well, we just want to, um, but that's really hard to articulate to kids who don't have a choice in the matter. So I worked like a dog to make the transition as seamless as possible. And I know, you know, if we do further episodes, we'll talk more about that. I have a lot to share on that. But um yeah, definitely the pressure of am I going to mess my kids up? And then like Kristen, we knew no one. I know I was like, who's going to watch our dog when we leave on vacation like all these small things you don't think about or who do I put as my emergency contact we don't know a soul here no one cares about us um but we found that everyone else is in the same boat like you said so many transplants and so every the people here are so so kind um but yeah just that the pressure of like we have to make it work and then also having the humility of if this doesn't work, if for some reason we make this leap and it's just not right, um, we're just going to go back home. We just had to be really humble about that. Um, and so that was a, a lot of pressure coming here by choice.
0: Yeah, I feel you on that, With the like we chose this and we could have stayed and yet we opted in. So just those feelings of like, is this really the right choice? Is this crazy? Is this impulsive? And, but I think, is it not one of the best resets there quite literally could be like it, it forces the reset. And I think for our whole family and our future, that has been one of the biggest blessings to come out of this, especially when you've been in a rough season.
2: I agree. And so we kind of have Matt and I this motto between us of um, burn the ships. You know, not that we can't ever go back to Phoenix if we needed to, but this be fearless in your decisions and your confidence to move forward and make it work. Yes. Put yourself in a position where you have no other choice but to make it work. Um, and that way you look for the good and you look for the opportunities. Um, so. There's something else you said, it'll come, it'll come, but uh, I wanted to add a point and I can't remember what it was.
0: Well, that was like something I worked through so much with my therapist during that season was like, what if it sucks? What if we're doing this and like it, we hate it, and what if I'm just miserable there? And um, what if my kids are miserable? And like, what if, what if, what if, and she's like, what if you are in control of what this is? Like, you can take a lot of control over what you make of this. So you can choose to look for the things that suck because you will find them. You will find the things that suck, or you could look for every single freaking small and big thing that does not suck. And where you put your focus and your attention to is exactly what it's going to like facilitate your feelings. And so when I moved here every day, And even on social media, so I was sharing so much in the beginning because I was like, fuck, I got to find what doesn't suck. This doesn't suck. This doesn't suck. And then it became so easy because it was like, "Like this, I'm not even trying anymore. This genuinely is kind of awesome. Like, I really actually do like this. And this is funny or this is ridiculous, like me learning anything about snow and attire and what to wear. Like, I just understand. But it became easy because you start to train your brain. You can, we literally have choices. And I say, this as somebody who definitely knows depression and knows anxiety. And we have a huge opportunity to make something of our environment. Like there is a lot of ownership and discipline that can come into creating an environment where we can like, not just survive, but truly thrive. And we're doing it. Like we are freaking doing it. And there's a lot of hope and opportunity there.
2: It is so true. So you have to kind of sell yourself on it first. And then you're like, oh, I'm not selling anymore. Like I believe this. And then to your point about the other people kind of doubting things, Mm -hmm. I actually found the opposite where I was like, we're moving. And people are like, why? I'm like, "Um, because we want to. And they're like, oh, yeah. I like forget that you can do that. You don't have to move for a job it is an option to move because yeah. you want to. And people were really inspired by that. And I think it caused them to look at their own life. And am I living the life that I really want to? So all oh, that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, 100%. And Taryn, I know for you kind of touched on the hard parts, but with the kids, was that your, your hardest part? What are you asking? It's hard, it's hard having four of you here. Whew, my brain. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: you know, I think because I was caught by surprise with one of them and the challenges that um my son faced. I mean, I moved a lot as a kid. I mean, I moved I probably lived in like 19 places before I finished out college, not including like, you know, college moving. Just my dad was in international banking. So I kind of got used to it. And I felt like it it taught a lot my my character was built a lot on that. I had to learn independence. I had to learn at all the awkward ages. So trying to relate to my kids with I moved from Canada. So I was born in Canada to the United States in seventh grade. Do you know how awkward it is to move into seventh grade from another country when you've got an accent? You know, like I got made fun of for like two years of my life. So I had to like learn basically how to like defend myself and, you know, stand up for myself because nobody else would, right? Because they didn't want to get ridiculed. But um, trying to relate to my kids was harder than it, I thought it would be just because I thought they would get it. Um, and I was really quite surprised with my son's um, challenge with, you know, leaving everything that he knew. Um, I thought my daughter was going to have the hardest time because she literally was the oldest and, you know, she changed and her don't go well, um, you know, so, but we had some time to really finesse the idea of doing this and include them in the process. So we felt really confident that it was going to be smooth. And so that caught me off guard. That was really challenging because there was a lot of times I was like, oh my God, I didn't think he, why, you know, and then you kind of start questioning yourself. Um, And then we knew coming here that that meant that my husband was going to go back to Seattle quite often. And when we first moved here, he went back a lot. And, um, you know, I had friends that husbands traveled for weeks at a time and, you know, they had learned how to do it. And I had a husband that came home for lunch every single day because he was seven blocks away. You know, everything was in our bubble. We never had to like, you know, we could walk to school. We could do all the things with our kids. We go to the grocery store, be two minutes there and back. And here you have to drive quite a distance to get to school for, for us because um, we didn't know where we we're going to settle when we ended up deciding on a school for our kids And so getting used to the traveling and having to basically do all of it on my own was, you know, like, I was like, holy shit, I, this is a lot of driving. I'm in the car a lot. And it it felt really heavy for a short time, but to your point, Brianna, like finding like there was so much happiness and there was so much joy and there was so much positivity that completely like laid that to rest very quickly for me Mm -hmm. because I could, I could adapt relatively quickly in new situations. And there's so many things to look forward to. And, and so many little like glimmers of hope that came out of, you know, my son being able to settle and making friends and looking forward to the drive and, you know, just trying to find those little things, those little moments that going, okay, this is not as hard as I'm like making this out to be like, I'm trying to throw this pity party for my husband that, you know, never ever traveled and now has to travel a couple days out of the month. It's not that big a deal. Like pull your shit together. You're a grown ass woman, you know? So that was, there was a couple things that were unexpected out of that, but for the most part, um, you know, we've learned a lot from it.
4: I want to just touch on what she said. Like, I think a lot of times we get really nervous about taking our kids out of their comfort zones, but like, you moved how many times? And what you just said is what I want my kids to have. I can adapt. I can live in any state. I know how to make friends. I've been pulled from my comfort zone and I've learned to overcome that. And you can't teach that in your bubble. You got to like fucking let them go. And I think we all get really nervous if we're going to ruin their lives. But like, what if 10 years from now, they look back and they're like, That made me who I am today. Like I'm not scared to start something new. I'm not scared to make new friends because life is not your bubble and you're never gonna live in this like perfect little world. And so I think a lot of the times when you when we move our kids, that definitely is like a oh god, this is gonna be really hard. But I always tried to think like, yeah, but you're gonna be a badass in your 20s, man. You're gonna go to college, you're gonna make friends, you're not, you know, you've already adapted to this lifestyle and you've seen your mom and dad adapt, starting all over again you know you can do it. And so that's where like I get really excited in the sense of these little moments that I know my kids might hate or they miss certain things. I know deep down that it's building some sort of character that later on in life I'm going to be like, oh, "I'm so glad you have that skill set." Like yeah. so glad and you have is, that.
0: It is affirming because I think that we are so worried about that, but then it's it's we always say that we know we want what's best for our kids and sometimes that means moving. Sometimes that means making really hard choices that they might not always understand, but we are like, if you want your kids to learn how to be brave, you have to practice it yourself. If you want them to know discipline, you have to do it yourself. If you want them to be outgoing and make friends, you have to do it yourself. If you want to instill these healthy habits and things, it's not about being perfect because we are all fucking up all the time, but it is about like showing and demonstrating that it is never too late to like save your own life and to throw a Hail Mary and to start over, like you have, we have the freedom to do that. And I think it goes a really long way when you show these things versus just tell them those things.
3: I know that we've talked about it collectively too, but one of the things you talked about was in these kind of reframing, and this might be like a harder thing to hear, but we all want to be happy. We want our kids to be happy. But I think a way to that that we have to realize is resilience, right? And we talked about that all together. It was like, if you can teach that skill to your kids, then you always know, no matter what happens to them in life, big life events you can't control, that they have the choice and they have the tools to make a choice to be resilient, which allows them to continue to have a good life and be okay. happy. And I think that that's something too, that like I think we're all basically saying is that we have to show that as an example. And those are really hard choices to make. And this might not be like a, uh, this might be a controversial comment, but I think that it's all about choices, you know, and life is a choice. It's a choice to be happy. It's a choice to make the best of things that happen to you. And sometimes that's a really hard thing to do. And you might have to choose it every freaking day and in every moment. And it doesn't always win or work, but showing our kids that we're not perfect but we still get up the next day and choose to do it better or choose to be resilient, I think is a really cool thing. And part of putting ourselves in that position, right? And sometimes we use our kids as excuses. I have done that. I will own that, right? My fear, oh, I'm scared I'm going to ruin his life. I'm scared I'm going to ruin my life, <laughs> you know? But I couldn't own that at first because it's hard to look at yourself. So I just thought that that was. Yeah. And something
0: that you've done such a great job of, Kristen, like, As I've gotten to know you more, it's just like, you know, sharing about your husband, like he did not get to make it to the age that you are now. And you have some powerful choices to be able to start over and pursue the life that you know is best for you and your son, and that he would want and be supportive of you in. And there's been so many times over the last like almost a year of knowing you that you've just said, like, I know he'd be proud. I know he would love this. I know he would love it here. And there's so many like little signs and affirmations that yes, like all of this is hard and we are doing what is best for our growth and to save ourselves, to save our kids, to show, like to demonstrate that resilience and show that like you can make a big, scary transition and come out the other side and be okay. So what this is going to be our last question? Cause I try to keep these episodes around an hour, but uh, what has surprised you the most? And I don't care who speaks up first, but what has surprised you the most or like kind of like been the best part of you living here so far? There's just like
4: a, I don't, I don't know. There's just like a weird vibe here, not a weird, bad way, but like, there's just, I mean, I've been here since April and I've met so many damn cool people You know, and like everybody is wanting, like I said, it's a transplant state, right? So there's so many people wanting to make friends and wanting to like kind of be engulfed in that, but it's just, I don't know. I just sometimes laugh when I'm driving and I'm like, (laughs) am I in Idaho? Like what's going on? But then I turn around and I'm doing something like this. I would never be doing this in Washington. Why would I be doing a podcast? Like, I feel like for me, there's a, there's reason why we're here why we moved here. I'm not, I'm not quite sure what that is. It obviously Jordan's job, but it was deeper than that yeah. for us even thinking of coming here and going with your gut and knowing that there's hope on the end of going with your gut. To me, every day is like a surprise living here. Yeah. Like I'm going to find today, or yeah. who am i going to meet today or what kind of cool thing is going to happen that we don't know about. Like, it's a little exciting when you're, when you're in this part, when you can, like everybody's talked about, see that like the the joy or the happiness instead of being like, I really miss the trees. I honestly do. Like I really, I miss a lot of things, but there's also things like this that I'm not doing where the trees exist. So I, it's just those little magical things that I just don't know It's in the air. It's weird. It yeah. it's just a vibe. I don't know, but yeah, that's, I, I hear do. you.
0: There is like a weird, like knowing and, and like just this affirmation of like, we we ended up in the right place and it's just, it's a night. It's a, such a, Comforting feeling that you didn't even realize was a way that you could feel. I think, especially when you've grown up in the same area or spent a lot of time in one particular area, you can like I call it's like my nervous system feels different here. (laughs) And I know a lot of you guys can relate. Caitlin, what's been a nice, pleasant surprise for you or something that's
2: gone really well? Piggybacking off Melissa, the transition has been way better than I expected. I braced for, you know, people were like, it's going to take at least two years, give it at least two years. You know, this is going to be hard. That's going to be hard. And so I was ready expecting the worst. I was expecting to feel lonely until I met some friends and stuff like that. But Um, I think part of it is, you know, we chose to be here because we felt we would align with the culture and the people and the way of life here. So, you know, if, if I tried to do this in another city or, um, state that we were misaligned, maybe I wouldn't feel the same way, but, um, it's been such a seamless transition. Everyone's absolutely thriving in the family. Um, and I would say, from someone who's never moved. Unlike Taryn, I'm like her foil. Um, another surprising thing was how overwhelmingly hard the smallest things feel like, which grocery store do I go to? Or I have to get used to, this is the new cabinet I put like stuff in, or this is the route that I take here. You know, I knew Phoenix like the back of my hand. And so it, getting to know a new city, it's offerings. I'm like a new hair girl, a new ha- a nail girl, like all these, all those small things that I didn't think about that I thought would be easy have been like kind of tougher than I thought. But overall, it's just, I- I'm echoing everybody. It's just such a great place to live. And, and I feel like it was just seamless, seamless transition.
0: Wow. Yeah, that is like such a whole other thing to talk about is like finding a doctor, finding this for your kids, doctors. Ooh, what about this specialty thing? What hospital do you go to? If you have to go to the hospital, like there's so many, there's choices, What? like, I don't know. It's, it is super overwhelming when you're just like, what does my, what does my daily life look like? And then what is my as needed situational things look like here? When you don't know, you don't know what school's reputation is or this or that, like, you, you don't have a feel for the like the community, whereas every other place that you've known kind of has like you know the reputations or the pe- the go to people or go to places or the not go to places whatever, and um, that part is so
2: it's underrated hard. I agree, and it takes up a lot of mental bandwidth. But you know, it gets easier. Figure it a- out.
0: We figure out it we out. Each other all the time. <laughs> yeah, you figure it out. Yes, Taryn, what's been a pleasant surprise?
1: I think. To piggyback again on what Melissa shared, the ease of finding friends as a mom. I mean, how many, I probably was guilty of saying this, you know, a couple years ago, it's so hard to find friends as a mom, you know, like when your kids are little because you're going to the park and you're chasing them around, you're not sitting there having conversations. Maybe it's the season of life I'm in having older children, but, and thanks to Melissa, it's been so easy and so just God, it's just nice. You know, you meet women that like genuinely and authentically want to be your hype girl, you know, like whatever any of us have going on, like we are like amped up for each other and we're all in the same industry. Right. And so I found that everywhere here. I've never had the most authentic and um, easy friendships in such a short window of time. And I know that I wholeheartedly feel them like the authenticity behind their enthusiasm for whatever I've got going on or whatever they have to share with me. Like it's such a mutual thing, but it's just been so easy. Um, You know, which is nice when you're, you know, at the ages that we are trying to meet new people and a new, and maybe it's just the culture of. Everyone's a transplant here, and everyone's just yeah. open-minded and open-hearted.
0: Yeah, I definitely think so. I agree, and that's going to be um, in part two of our like series. We're going to be talking about um, some things we've done to get immersed in the community and how we've made friends ranging from age like thirty-four to forty-four, and just what that's actually been like. So that will be our part two of the episode. So that's a really good lead-in, Karen, uh, and Kristen. What has been a pleasant surprise for you?
3: Uh, Really just how well my son has done, you know, like he's loving, he's so thriving here that it makes every doubt or every insecurity kind of just go away. Right. And allows then me to be like, okay, cool. How do I, like, what do I want to be when I grow up now, (laughs) you know, and helping me then feel like, okay, he's good. He's feeling safe. He's feeling awesome. Like he did, got a little stuff like stuffy the other day and he was crying because he wanted to go to school, but like he loves where he's at. And so I think for me, that's been the best surprise. It's like, you know, you can be happy and sad all at the same time. And uh, just to know that like each day he has told me so many times, we just have such a great life, you know? And so coming from where we came from to that every day, like He has his worries too, but that like, he thinks he has a great life. I think that's been my best surprise. Oh,
0: That's so special. And and yeah, it's interesting. I think a lot of our kids have reiterated that to us. It's like, they're happy here too. It's not like they just accepted it. They've like embraced it. That's been really positive for me to see is how easily my boys have made friends at school and they've just been immersed in sports and welcomed in these communities. And that's been so so affirming. Cause that's the thing you obviously worry about the most. Um, so for them to feel like this is home is so key. And I love when my boys are like, we, we never could have done that in California or, you know, like where they're able to sort of see the difference or see the blessing that it is being here. And not just like, of course, they miss certain friends or certain people um, but they see it and they feel it. And that's been so affirming. I know for all of us, definitely in our family. And, you know, Jared, my husband is happy in his career out here now. Um, and that process has been really positive. Being a small business owner in Idaho is really positive for a lot of different reasons. It's such a great supportive entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial community, um, which is awesome for all of us here, honestly. Uh, and just again, that quality of life, is it different? Is it hard? Yes. And there's so much goodness that's come out of it. Um, And we're excited to share more about what we've kind of proactively done to make it a positive experience. Because like Kristen said earlier, like we do have choices. We can take back our life. We can take control of our current reality, at least in the ways we can control. And so in the next episode, we'll be going into some of the actionable things that each of us have done um to immerse ourselves and our families in the community and then how we've gone about like making friends in your 30s and 40s, which is probably the number one asked thing when I share or when people are like, how do you like have people that you're hanging out with? And I'm like, it's freaking weird, isn't it? Like it's I don't do that before. So (laughs) I had the same friends for 20 years and I don't have that luxury here. So you gotta get out there. And that will be what we talk about in part two. But thank you guys so much. For coming on, for sharing your stories, for sharing your heart. And I know part two will be a really um, awesome episode for everybody. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review, give us some feedback. Um, we'd love to hear about what questions you have about moving or what you'd love us to discuss. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Practice Brave Podcast. If you enjoy the show please leave a review and help us spread the work we are doing to improve the overall information and messaging in the fitness industry and beyond now if you are pregnant and you are looking for a trustworthy exercise program to follow i have you covered the pregnant athlete training program is a well-rounded program for pregnancy with workouts for each week that are appropriate for your changing body that's 36 weeks of workouts three to four workouts each week, and tons of guidance on exercise strategy. We also have an at-home version of that program. If you are postpartum and you're looking for an exercise program to follow, the eight-week postpartum athlete training program would be a really great way to help bridge the gap between rehab and the fitness you actually want to do. From there, we have the Practice Brave Fitness program, which is an ongoing strength conditioning program where you get new workouts each week and have a lot of guidance for myself and my co-coach Heather Osby. This is the only way that I'm really offering ongoing coaching at this point in time. If you have ever considered becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach, I would love to have you join us. Pregnancy and postpartum athleticism is a self-paced online certification course that will uplevel your coaching skills and help connect the dots between pelvic health and long-term athletic performance, especially during pregnancy and postpartum become who you needed, and become who your online and local community needs by becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. Thank you again for listening to the Practice Brave podcast. I appreciate you. And please help me continue spreading this messaging, this information, and this work.